Hi, welcome to the Romance Me Podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em, and we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan. Keeps the thermos yet? I warned you it wasn't funny. No, it's, it's not, but it's such a non sequitur, it still is a little funny. <laughs> <laughs> I aim to please? Well, not really, but... <laughs> Not really. (laughs) Depends on the person. (laughs) Yourself? Definitely. (laughs) Others? Probably not. Again, depends on the person and the mood. (laughs) Right now, I'm in my comfies. So, yeah. Today we'll be discussing Butterface by Avery Flynn. Gina Luca plans weddings, content in her life, having mostly made peace with the Butterface label given to her in high school. Stickler Ford Hardigan is a hot by the book police officer who wants to get to know Gina and gather intel on her mildly mobbish brothers. While initially denying their shared chemistry, they prove capable of renovating Gina's old Victorian and grow into a relationship. However, Can they repair their burgeoning romance when Ford's hidden motives are revealed? There will be spoilers beyond this point. Well, Erica, what did you think of the quote-unquote kiss cam beginning? (laughs) Oh, the meet cute? Yes. (laughs) Uh, It was painful. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So, So Gina's a wedding planner. She owns her own business. She's I, I get the impression she, she's successful. Yeah, I got that impression too. <laughs> she's at this wedding that she's planned. Some of the guests have taken over the camera and are now doing a kiss cam on unsuspecting wedding guests. <laughs> uh, Gina's mildly horrified, but she's standing there uh, next to one of the wedding guests who is hot, like objectively hot, I guess. And the kiss cam gets turned on them. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) The wedding guest, his name is Ford. He's basically like, well, we should just kiss and then they'll move on or whatever. But Gina is very self-conscious of her looks and she doesn't want to have a pity kiss or what could be perceived as a pity kiss. And she's very aware of people possibly making fun of her. So she doesn't want to, but he ends up convincing her and they have like this electrifying kiss. And then he invites her out to drinks and she's like, um, no. And then she <laughs> runs away, basically. <laughs> God, poor Gina. She consistently throughout this book, she's described... As having like a huge nose and bulgy eyes, which I don't even know what that is. And I really, (laughs) I like the idea of having a heroine that's not conventionally attractive. Mm -hmm. I'm totally on board with that. I think that's great. But do we have to hear about how ugly she is throughout the entire book? We're not allowed to forget Is the author trying to make us live Gina's life? Maybe. Get inside of her head by constantly reminding us of this? Or is it just heavy handed? And to me, it felt kind of heavy handed. And it felt needlessly cruel. (laughs) I can see that. 
there were some times where I felt it was a little that way, but I mean, I didn't mind the reminders of her looks because I felt like that was tied in what I hope sort of the theme was, which was your looks don't define whether or not you are worthy of love. Yeah, I think that was one of one of the major themes in the story, for sure. Did it necessarily have to be done as often? I don't know. I guess my question is then, like, how often in other romances are we reminded of a hero or heroine, specifically heroine's, attractiveness? And I don't just mean, like, because, of course, she can never think she's attractive, because that's not allowed. But, you know, the, oh, I, I look so bad. But yet, of course, all these other people are falling over themselves for her. So you then have to wonder, like, do you really? Or something of that nature. I don't know. I feel like her having had a horrible childhood where she was bullied for her nose Mm -hmm. and has internalized that and has tried very hard to rise above it. But she still has that painful, like little bruise inside of her Mm -hmm. where she's hurting. Those aspects of the story, I totally was on board with. Like I felt those were were good. Mm-hmm. Really good, really true to life. Excellent. I'm talking more about how literally every side character thinks she's a troll. Mm. Yeah, because they're also <laughs> focused on superficiality of physical attractiveness. Yeah. Yeah. I can't... I, maybe it's just me, but I don't hang out with people who comment on others' looks that often or that cruelly. Well, yay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm sure there are superficial people out there, but I'd like to think that literally everyone in the town of... Let's see, where does this take place? Waterbury. Waterbury, Connecticut, <laughs> isn't so cruel. yeah i mean i'd like to i guess i'd like to think that as a society people would behave differently but i'm far too cynical for my own good i'm thinking bulgy eyes okay so she's got like large eyes like a barbie doll is there something wrong with having big eyes (laughs) there isn't of course (laughs) and then the nose thing i'm like okay but what about like i don't know i pictured um I wrote her name in the notes so I wouldn't forget. And then, of course, I scrolled down. <laughs> I I was thinking of Chelsea Peretti, uh, who actually plays a character named Gina on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She has a very large, like a prominent nose with like a bump in it. But it just makes her look distinctive. It's not ugly. Okay. No, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, it doesn't make her look unattractive. And and I find a really hard time thinking of anyone making fun of Chelsea Peretti for being ugly. I mean, unless they're really, really, really shallow. Yeah, I mean, I hope nobody ever has. Probably is in childhood. I mean, kids kids make fun of kids for all sorts of shit. But this is true. Adults. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I would hope not. But I, uh, I don't, I don't know what to say. It's. I think it makes sense in the story to have the readers reminded. Of what Gina's up against. So it it makes sense to me. I guess I would prefer if it were more internal at this point in her life. I don't mind it being somewhat external. I don't know if it necessarily had to be to the extent it was. Because at a certain point, 
it makes it hard to find some of it. Yes. It makes it hard for me as a reader to not want to see Gina just burn the town alive. Um, <laughs> it's horrible to say out loud. No, seriously. I want because her to. Because it's, it's sort of like, well, if everybody else in this town is this degree of shithead, then is this fictional humanity worth saving? Like, <laughs> it's one of those. Like, yeah, no, they're not. They're horrible. So I guess, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, to the degree, may have been a little, a little excessive, but I don't know. I mean, it, I can see how it makes sense, and I can see how, uh, I mean, I, I would hope nobody has to deal with that level of dumb fuckery in their day-to-day life, where random-ass people are just, of course, she's not necessarily aware of all of it. Not that that makes it right, but... Where she's constantly having to run into that level of insensitivity towards her physical appearance. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Apparently, her looks are at a level where people passing her on the street go, Ah, what is that thing? Mm. Like, that's the impression I get in this book. (laughs) Yeah, it's... But then she's not. Like, (laughs) there's no textual evidence that she's that horrific. Yeah, maybe maybe it is a bit excessive. But then that hasn't been my life experience. Or if it has, I've been so <laughs> stupidly unaware of it that it has not affected me. So Blissfully unaware. Yeah, ignorance <laughs> really can be bliss. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's so tricky. And, and she's internalized it to this level that she just cannot possibly envision someone who is conventionally attractive or hot like ford actually wanting to kiss her or enjoying kissing her yeah like what she feels the chemistry and spark that she feels when she kisses him she can't even imagine that he might feel that too i guess for me it was more for lack of a better way to put this flavor for that sort of like he can't possibly be into me mindset because that seems pretty common in romance yeah it's a trope for sure yeah it was just you know it's like this is the road we took to get here versus this other road okay well i mean that was just how i saw it but or interpreted it at any rate uh i may bring this up again because i'm still (laughs) (laughs) reeling over it Uh i will attempt to have something more intelligent to say but i'm not promising anything (laughs) I'm in my comfies and I'm tired. (laughs) So after Gina runs away, Ford heads over to the bar where he sees two of his co-workers. And I'm going to totally butcher these names. It's their last names. And I suck at names. And so please forgive me if I say it wrong. I believe in you. But they're they're Gallo and Ruggiero. Yes. Let's go with that. They tease him about having had to kiss Horrible, ugly Gina. Hmm. Ford says she's not that bad. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he kind of changes the subject to work. Uh, Ford is a cop. He's on this task force for the Esposito. Another name. (laughs) The Esposito family. That's a drug crime family. Along with Gallo and Ruggiero, and he's waiting on this file that's supposed to be delivered to the hotel. Ford is staying the night in the hotel because he's had two beers and he doesn't want to drive after having had two beers. 
because he is a rule follower. Yes. That is his defining characteristic. Ford likes rules and he likes following them. <laughs> he asks his coworkers, can I leave my hotel key with you? When um, so-and-so brings the file by, can you have him go up to my room and drop it off? They're like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know. He's kind of stressed about this whole thing. This this case with the Esposito family. There's supposed to be some sort of major drug deal going down soon. They got a tip about it. He knows Gina is part of the Luca family, which has ties to the Esposito family. And so he kind of knows Gina is off limits, even though he really enjoyed kissing her. It is forbidden. Yeah. So he's just trying to bring his mind back to work where he likes to keep it. <laughs> and he heads up to his room to go take a shower and wait for this file to get dropped off. Gina, meanwhile, is on her way out. Um, the wedding is about over. She's passing by the bar where Ga Gallo and Ruggiero are sitting. <laughs> you can call them um, Tweedledee and Tweedledum if you prefer. <laughs> they basically are. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and they... <laughs> They tell her that Ford left his room key for her and they feed her this whole bullshit story about, oh, he felt really bad about embarrassing you with the kiss and he wants to apologize in person and he left his hotel key for you. Gina is really skeptical about their story, but also kind of like, well, you know, maybe, maybe this is true. And she's trying to not let her insecurities <laughs> get in the way of... Potential happiness or seeing where it was going or whatever. But yeah, these guys, oh, they seemed so high school to me. Oh, yeah. No, they're terrible. More about them later. Gina takes the room key and she goes up to Ford's room and lets herself in. <laughs> when Gina gets there, Ford is in the shower, <laughs> jerking off, <laughs> thinking about the kiss. <laughs> Awkward. Thy name is this moment. <laughs> Poor Ford. He's so, he's so hard up. <laughs> he hears someone come in and he thinks oh it must be that file but then he sees a glimpse of of gina and he's all oh how did she get in here she's catwoman <laughs> yeah and he says he says i'll be right out and she says take your time and and he's like is everything okay you don't have to be here if you don't want to and then there's this long pause and gina says do you want me to leave and he's like hell no <laughs> Gina misinterprets everything as a booty call and decides I'm going to seize the moment. She strips off all her clothes and dives under the covers and <laughs> Ford comes out of the shower wearing just a towel. <laughs> they have a naked, hot and heavy makeout session. It's really exciting. They're super into it. And then Ford says something that makes Gina realize he actually didn't leave the key for her. <laughs> oh, no. Something like, I'm so glad you found a way to get in here or something like that. <laughs> and Gina's like, oh, shit. It, it was a setup. Humiliation. Oh, gosh. Death becomes her. <laughs> She's like struggling to get dressed. She's trying to zip up her dress, shoving her panties in her purse because she can't be bothered to put them back on. And Ford is trying to calm her down. And hey, actually, I'm happy you're here. I don't know what's going on, but you don't have to leave. I liked what we were doing. <laughs> 
When humiliation has reached this level, the only thing to do is flee. <laughs> Poor Gina. I know. <laughs> she, she, she has all her old hurts, you know, rising yeah. up to the forefront of her thoughts, I think. She gets ready to make her escape, but as she enters the hallway of the hotel, she sees her two brothers coming down the hallway with with a couple of women as well, and they see her. <laughs> Hello, how you doing? And they're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. <laughs> you know, Gina's two brothers are named Rocco and Paul, and they have tenuous ties to the Esposito family. Um, Mildly mobbish. But they they are very protective older brothers and they freaking love Gina and they care about her. It is so sweet. I love the relationship that Gina has with her brothers. Yeah, it's very sweet. And they're just worried about her. Like, what are you doing? All must coming out of a hotel room. Like, your (laughs) feet are on fire. (laughs) Because my feet are on fire. I need to go home and put them out. Gina's trying to close the door. But meanwhile, Ford has, like, stuck his foot in the doorway. So she can't close (laughs) it. And she's just like, ah, shit, 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 shit. (laughs) See, this is where heels come in. And then, (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) And then Ford comes into the hallway and the brothers recognize him (laughs) and they accuse him of seducing gina to get intel on them (laughs) and gina's no no it's not what it looks like and at this point she's concerned that her brothers are going to start something with ford ford is a cop she doesn't want her brothers to get in trouble and so she makes up this lie that Actually, Ford's my boyfriend, and it's all fine. Diffuse, diffuse. (laughs) Release the diffuser. And our brothers are like, oh, yeah, sure, he's your boyfriend. I'm sure we're going to see at Grandma's birthday party next week. And she's all, well, yeah, you will, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Keep digging, there's gold down there. (laughs) Well, she does successfully diffuse the situation. Her brothers are fine with her canoodling with a cop as long as he's not using her. Yeah. If it's genuine, they're okay with it. Good brothers. Even though it makes them uncomfortable, I think. They head out. Ford is still trying to smooth things over with Gina, but she just won't let him. No, it's never okay. No, you actually can't come to the grandma's birthday party. And no, I I can't ever see you again. (laughs) All of this was a terrible, horrible mistake. (laughs) So she runs away. (laughs) And after she's gone, Ford is trying to tell himself, you know, this is for the best. Gina's a part of the Luca family and it just won't work. You know, I'm a cop. She's related to criminals. It just couldn't go anywhere. Keep telling yourself that, buddy. Whatever makes you feel better. (laughs) A week passes. Gina is working on her home reno. She inherited a Victorian house from her grandfather. Now, her grandfather is Big Nose Tommy. Gina inherited her nose from from him. Uh, And Big Nose Tommy was a criminal and has been missing for the past 20 years and has finally been declared as dead. And therefore, Gina inherited his house. 
And she has all these good memories of her grandfather because even though he was a criminal, he had a really good relationship with his grandkids. She misses him. She loves him. And she wants to renovate her house and run her wedding planning business out of it as well. Yay plans. She's up in the attic trying to clean it up and figure out how she's going to, she plans to turn it into a workspace for her wedding. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah, I really like it too. As she's wandering around, she sees like this glinting off against the wall and she goes over there. It looks like there's this, this metal thing stuck on some little sticks. She can see um, in between the walls on the floor below and she realizes that the little sticks are actually finger bones and the metal thing that was glinting is her grandfather's wedding Uh-oh. ring. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Which is really shitty. What a way to... <laughs> go man in between the walls of the house what a way to find a grandparent i don't necessarily want to say reconnect but yeah oh well and he's he's been there long enough they there's bones yeah and there's no smell so ford is back at work and he's been enduring teasing from his co-workers about having kissed gina they left a box of chapstick on his desk labeled bleach chapstick yes so mature fucking assholes agreed ford's boss captain grant assigns ford to gina's case because gina has reported a dead body captain grant recognizes this as an opportunity to crack the esposito case or get some more intel about it and so he assigns Ford since he... He has an in? Possibly has an in with her because he kissed her at the wedding, I guess. But he expects Ford to leverage this in into learning more information about Gina's brothers and hopefully get intel about the supposed heroin shipment that's coming in soon. A shipment of kick-ass women? No. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> If he does break this case or get good information, this could be a big deal for his career. He's conflicted because he doesn't want to lie to Gina and he knows that taking this on will mean lying to Gina. Mm -hmm. But he also wants to do his job and keep drugs off the streets and get the bad guys and follow the rules. So he agrees. Ford shows up at Gina's house. He claims that he needs to stay with her during the investigation to keep her safe. Because if her grandfather had been murdered, then now that the body's been discovered, the murderer could possibly return to the scene of the crime to make sure there's no other evidence or something like that. While they're arguing about whether or not Ford has to stay there, Gina's brothers also show up because they're concerned about her because she found their (laughs) grandfather's dead body in the attic. Yes. They're very suspicious of Ford's intentions toward their sister. They're like, why are you here and acting like a cop when you're supposedly her boyfriend? I don't understand. Ford reminds them that he's Gina's boyfriend and he's moving in to keep her safe and sort of convinces them. And so the brothers leave. And then Ford says that he'll be sleeping on Gina's couch for a few days. And Gina says, what? Do you think people believe that this is some lame romantic comedy where the hot guy falls for the ugly chick? Newsflash. I don't wear glasses, (laughs) so there's no taking them off. And then suddenly I'm a total babe and believably your girlfriend. This is not she's all that. Well, I'm sorry, Gina, but this is a romantic comedy where the hot guy falls for the quote (laughs) ugly chick. It is. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I do think it's important to point out she's not ugly. (laughs) 
I don't think she's ugly. That's the thing. I just, I don't believe that she's that ugly. I don't. Yeah, I guess it's just, it's difficult to to reconcile those things. Like, our perception of her of her attractiveness versus how she's getting treated by fuckwits. That's the thing. I mean, her brothers are super overprotective because they know she's been bullied. Ford, and then later, his family, none of them say a word about her looks. Yeah, that's true. His family don't even acknowledge her looks, really. No, because they take the thought process of Ford likes her, ergo, we like her. Yeah. Full stop. Like, that. that's... Yep. That is as far as that goes. And I would like to think that most of the world is like Ford's family. Okay. <laughs> and not like Ford's co-workers. Okay. <laughs> M's little cynicism is <laughs> trying to stay locked down here. Uh, it's hard to be so cynical, and yet it takes so little effort. <laughs> i'm pretty cynical too but i i guess i'm just also a bit idealistic when it comes to people i want to believe that people are basically good i like that idealism i want to believe it i don't necessarily believe it but i want to i am trying to help to maintain that idealism because i like it (laughs) i think you should believe what people show you for sure. If someone shows you they're a jerk, then then believe that they're a jerk, yes. right? But there's just something about it in this book that just keeps, it, it rubs me like the wrong way, like a seam that isn't properly ironed flat or something, you know? It's just itchy and annoying and ugh. it just doesn't feel right to me. But then people take pictures of people and make fun of how they look online. So I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. You, you don't like this saying, but I'm going to put my horse away. <sighs> and uh, <laughs> I'll try to leave it alone. Scarecrow. <laughs> Just use Scarecrow. All right. So after Gina gives her speech about how, you know, she's not going to magically become hot, Ford tells her, well, your house is a crime scene. And if I'm not staying here with you, then you also can't stay here. Gina finally says, well... If you help me with renovations, then I guess you can sleep on the couch. And Ford's like, fine. I worked my way through college on a construction team. I'm okay with it. Whatever. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Ford settles down on the couch. Gina gives him bedding and whatnot. And Ford is feeling bad for lying. Because lying is technically against the rules, I guess. Or maybe he just, uh, he likes Gina and he doesn't want to lie to her. Yeah, there's that too. But he's comforting himself by rationalizing that, well, if I stay here, I can actually protect Gina. Rationalize away, buddy. I mean, the murderer could come back if there is one, even though it's probably not very likely. Or more likely, her brothers might do something underhanded and he'll be there to handle any fallout that might come upon Gina. Yes, he's in protector man mode. Yeah, he's invested already. Poor guy. He just doesn't know it yet. We know it. We've seen this before. We recognize the signs. (laughs) What? I genuinely don't understand why that's funny. (laughs) Oh, it's just your whole like, yep, this is a trope. Yep, this is a trope too. I don't know why you're pointing it out this time, Erica, because it's a trope. It always happens. 
<laughs> the point isn't that it always happens. The point is how it happens this time. Oh. <laughs> Just internalize that, Em. Try for me. <laughs> I will try. <laughs> there is no try. <laughs> Ford is officially here, old man. <gasps> Does he get a cape? Protector of all things Gina. No uh, no. But he does have a badge, so... Eh? <laughs> Not the same as cape. Not nearly as flappy. <laughs> no cape! Oh, I love her so much. <laughs> Good old Edna. All right. The next morning, Ford wakes up to find Gina working in the kitchen and she is being blasted with water from the kitchen Rude. sink. She can't get the water turned off. She's soaking wet. He is very attracted to her in this <laughs> moment. It's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> it is a thing. <laughs> I think, you know what? We talk about t-shirt ideas. I think we need one that says it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Because I say that all the time. <laughs> the thing is, though, is like, would it be like across the boobs, the boob area? Like, it's a thing. <laughs> like, where would you put it? <laughs> boobs, belly, neck. Like, right across the tits. <laughs> tits a thing. <laughs> oh, there you go. Tits a thing. And in the back, it'll just say deal with it. Or deal with tits. <laughs> How far do we want to take that? I don't know how far we want to take it. <laughs> Have we gone too far? Can we not get back? I actually I actually feel a little warm now. <laughs> I don't know how to interpret that. I might be blushing. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> All right. Um, so he's super turned on right now. He's trying to help her get the water turned off. And he puts his gun down on the table and goes down into the basement to turn it off. And it works. When he comes back, he finds Gina expertly dismantling his gun. <laughs> and she tells him, I don't like guns in my house. Fair enough. <laughs> he says, he's, he, Ford says, well, I kind of need a gun for my job. I am a cop. He kind of comes with the package, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's not where my brain went. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to expand upon where your brain went? No. Um, do tell us. <laughs> tell all of us. I can't because I can't stop laughing. Because <laughs> I'm a 13 year old. Uh. <laughs> I legitimately can't stop. I'm waiting. <laughs> Breathe oh, it out. My eyes are leaking. <laughs> I won't call them tears. <laughs> you have a saltwater leak on your face. Me in the faucet. Although no, saltwater doesn't come out of the faucet. Ford, while annoyed that Gina is touching and dismantling his gun, <laughs> also finds it hot. <laughs> is it something about the gun? What is it? I can't understand you. 
Are you speaking English right now? Mostly. <laughs> All I hear is like, hee wee 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 wee. I'm getting in touch with my inner Henson Muppet. <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> You're doing your beaker impression. Okay. I'm going to back up a little bit. Ford comes back up from the basement to find Gina dismantling his gun proficiently. And he says, what are you doing? And Gina's like, I don't like guns in my house. And Ford says, well, I kind of need my weapon for my job. And Gina's like, too bad. (laughs) And at some point, he kind of convinces her, well, you're going to give me back my gun and I'll try to prevent you from seeing it. We learn that Gina learned about guns from her grandfather. That was one of their bonding things. They also talk about how Ford is such a stickler for the rules. And Gina says, well, sometimes you have to be flexible instead of always following the rules. And Gina's really into yoga and she does a standing split right in front of him. Good for her. The sexual tension in this scene. (laughs) Oh my God. She is soaking wet. He's instantly turned on. He comes back, finds her touching his his gun, <laughs> is more turned on, and then she splits <laughs> her legs wide open in front of him. Gina is not convinced by the whole story that Ford is telling her about how he has to protect her from a potential murderer. And she figures it's probably something to do with her brothers, and she wants to go along with it a little bit to find out what her brothers are up to, because she's worried about them. Her brothers are protective of her, she's protective of them, but she tries to get Ford to admit that there's some other reason that he's staying at her house, and he won't. Like, he holds to his story, and she knows he's hiding something, but she doesn't know what. Time passes, I don't know if it's the same day or the next day, I don't know. Sometimes I have a really good grasp of time in this story and sometimes I'm like, I don't know. Did they sleep? I don't remember. Does it matter if they slept? Gina has a couple at her house that she's doing a wedding consultation for and they're trying to decide on a color for the invitations, I think. You know, between yellow and pink and yellow or pink, (laughs) yellow or pink. And Gina's working slowly on guiding them gently Toward the yellow, I believe. uh, Because she thinks pink would look like a birth announcement or something. Mm. And Ford is listening to this conversation and he just butts into the room while she's fucking working and interrupts everything. And then Gina kind of shoes him out and she excuses herself and goes out there and chews him out for it. I really liked this scene. (laughs) Because I was so pissed at Ford for butting in. Like, what? She is working, dude. You can't do that. Yeah, no, he had no business going in there. Oh, no, not at all. And Gina's like, oh, well, maybe it's your vast wedding planner experience that (laughs) gave you a reason to butt in. Or maybe it's your hospitality degree that gave you a reason to butt in. And luckily for Ford... (laughs) He realizes he fucked up and he just kind of shuts his mouth. Uh (laughs) And he's like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to assume things. Hmm. (laughs) But it kind of shows how Gina has not only her looks, but she also has to defend her career choice, apparently. Because how else would she have such a biting response right off the cuff? You know, she's had to have said that before to others. Yeah, maybe she has had to do that. (laughs) It sounds like she rehearsed it, you know? I mean, hopefully she didn't, but 
Maybe she did. I don't know. <laughs> I think wedding planning is one of those jobs where people, they look at it and they don't recognize all the soft skills that one needs to be excellent at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In addition to the technical skills. <laughs> at any rate, later they're working on the renovation together and they're talking and there's a point where Ford is talking about, well, why did you even bother renovating this house if it's in such bad shape? And Gina says, well, it has good bones. And then Ford says, it's a makeover story, huh? And Gina says, no way. She's perfect just the way she is. She just needs someone to love her like she deserves. Mm. I liked that. Yeah. There's several parts where Gina basically talks about what she wants without talking about what she wants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After they're done working for the day, they go out for pizza and they're talking and bonding. And Ford says he likes watching action movies and Gina's never seen any action movies, apparently, which I just find astounding. And she's never seen Die Hard. That is just bizarre <laughs> to Criminal. me. Yeah, a little bit. So Ford convinces her to watch Die Hard with him and they're sitting next to each other on the couch and... They start getting kind of closer and the sexual tension starts building again and they start feeling kind of closer to each other too because they spent the whole day together. And then Gina freaks out and bails. She's like, okay, well, I'm leaving in the middle <laughs> of the movie and going upstairs. Good night. And again, we have a reminder of her insecurities. She's starting to fall for him, but she just can't see how he could possibly ever return her affection. Aww. So she might as well just suck it up and avoid it maybe it's the next day maybe it's a couple days later again i'm not sure they have another talk about how gina's suspecting his motives and she tells him that she's had people use her to get something they wanted before hmm. and yet this does not change any of ford's actions no pick up what she's putting down ford they're shopping for materials for the renovation and they're in this place that sells really fancy stuff and ford tries to convince her to get some fancy ceiling tiles for her office where she meets clients. And Gina's like, no, it's not in my budget, even though she really wants them. And Ford buys them for her as a, quote, housewarming <laughs> gift. And they kind of have this conversation about how they're friends with handyman benefits, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cute. And then we get a little introspective moment from Ford where he realizes he's buying these tiles out of guilt. <laughs> guilt money they also have a conversation where gina learns some backstory on ford we learn that ford's friend in high school died from a drunk driver hit and run and that's the reason he became a cop even though basically everyone else in his family is a firefighter and we kind of get the impression that ford feels a little uh defensive about the fact that he's the only cop in a family of firefighters <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. I don't really have any inside scoop on this apparent beef between cops and firefighters. So if anyone listening has some info on that, feel free to let me know. <laughs> this book makes it sound like it's a thing. Yeah, it does. A week has passed. We know for sure that these events that I've just discussed happened over a week. <laughs> Ford still has no intel on the brothers. But he has lots and lots of built-up sexual frustration and feelings about Gina. <laughs> he knows something is supposed to go down next Friday. Like there's supposed to be a drug shipment or something. And he asks Gina if she knows if her brothers are busy on Friday. And Gina's like, I don't know. I'll ask him if they want to go bowling or something. And 
Ford is getting ready to go to his weekly family dinner. Well, no, actually, Ford is planning to skip his weekly family dinner because he's here to protect Gina. But Gina's like, well, I'll just go with you and then you can go. It's fine. Like, it's no big thing. I'm cool with dealing with weird families. Because Ford is telling her, yeah, my family is crazy. You won't <laughs> you won't want to be there. And Gina's like, uh, have you met my family yet? I don't think you have. <laughs> <laughs> she reassures him. She's like, oh, don't worry. You don't have to tell them that I'm your girlfriend or anything. It's fine. At the dinner, his whole family is very interested in Gina. And they can kind of see this connection that Gina and Ford have. And yet they're just friends. So they're not so sure that they aren't dating. You know, like, well, maybe they... <laughs> it looks like they're on the road to dating. Yeah. The family sees through it, as they often do. <laughs> Ford and Gina are in denial. Deep, deep denial. <laughs> Ford is impressed with how Gina acts with his family. He's brought women home to meet his family before and they all seem a little overwhelmed but Gina just fits right in. After dinner they go to the movies together and sit right next to each other Ooh. at the movies and share popcorn. End up kissing. Oh my. Ford apologizes. He's like no oh, I should not have done that. I'm sorry. Probably thinking about the fact that I'm a cop. I'm doing my job. I shouldn't be doing this. It's this terrible. I'm bad 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 me. Gina misinterprets this as like, oh, whoops, you know, <laughs> he didn't mean to kiss the ugly girl. Aww. She says it was just a kiss. It's fine. But that bothers Ford because to him at this point, it's not just a kiss. He has feelings for her. When they get home, Gina just avoids. She goes up to her room, pretends nothing happened. Doesn't talk. <laughs> Why would she do that? That would be healthy. <laughs> now it's Ford's turn to go see Gina's family. Because it's time for Gina's grandmother's birthday dinner. And Ford is supposed to be her boyfriend. While they're there, he gets a talking to from her brothers. They do that stereotypical protective male family member <laughs> thing. He also learns the brothers are busy that Friday. So they can't go bowling. And while he's there, he gets a call from his boss. Who tells him that the, the report from the coroner came back. And... Gina's grandfather had gotten caught between the walls and died of natural causes, aka starved to death because he was trapped, which is just terrible and horrible. Yeah. After the birthday, they're back at Gina's place. He tells her that after that night, he's going to be out of her house because you know, the case has been concluded or whatever. And she suggests that they have the sex and release all this built up tension just for the one night, and then they can just move on with their lives. And Ford's like, hell yeah. Now it's Wednesday night. I'm not sure what night Grandma's birthday was on, but now it's Wednesday. Who knows? <laughs> it's paint night with Gina's friends, Lucy and Tess, who are also not conventionally attractive, I guess. Well, I know Tess is really shy, like really shy and lucy is plus sized right mm -hmm. and gina has a big nose yeah uh i don't okay i told you i was putting the horse away <laughs> all right you promised i didn't promise i said i'd okay. try i am trying wednesday is her paint night out with the girls this is a thing that they normally do gina is talking to her friends and telling them about ford Kind of. Mm -hmm. But then Fallon shows up, who's Ford's sister. She is friends with Lucy, I think. And uh-oh, now things become a little too real. <laughs> the realness is overwhelming. <laughs> 
But Fallon is cool. She fits in with the group. They all kind of find out. It's implied that Gina hooked up with Ford. But Gina's like, that's it. We're not doing it any anymore. Like, <laughs> it was one and done. <laughs> and her friends are just like, oh, I'm sorry. And Gina's like, it's okay. I don't need a man to be happy. <laughs> Damn it. Which, I mean, that's true. You don't need a man to be. But does she believe it at this point? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And now it's Tuesday, so I guess a whole week has passed, and Ford is at work still getting grief from his co-workers about Gina. He comes to work, and instead of having bleach chapstick on his desk, he now has a paper bag with eye holes cut out left on his desk. <sighs> he confronts Gallo, and they start talking to each other about Gina, and Ford is just angry because he feels protective of her, and Gallo's an asshole. And they start talking about the Esposito task force because Gallo's in charge of it at this point and how no progress has been made and whose fault is it. And Gallo just won't shut up about Gina and Ford ends up punching him in the <laughs> nose. <laughs> Rightly, I feel. Okay. <laughs> he broke the rules for Gina. Yeah. He made a step in the right direction. You know, it's, it's that whole, you know, like, oh, if you like someone, you <laughs> behave badly. <laughs> No, it's Protector Man. Oh. I guess it could be both. Could it not be both? No, you're right. He shouldn't have punched him in the face. But I don't think it should have gotten so far as it has with the, quote, pranks being left on no, his desk No, those were ridiculous. I don't know. I always feel conflicted about some things. I do love the drama. Yeah. I feel like his coworkers should have gotten reprimanded officially before it had yeah. gotten to this point. But I don't understand politics and the police force where uh, Ford works. Apparently it's different uh, than my work, <laughs> luckily, which is not a police force. <laughs> Ford ends up getting suspended from work for a week because of punching his coworker in the face. Fine. <laughs> He's out for beers with his brother, Frankie, commiserating. And Frankie points out that he can tell how much Ford is into Gina even though Ford has been denying it to himself, it's obvious to everyone who cares about him. Ford realizes, okay, I'm going to go try to get back with Gina. And so he shows up at Gina's house and she's talking to him and he asks her, are you involved in anything criminal? And she's like, no. Define criminal. <laughs> so he runs up the stairs to go to her and she's like, watch out. And he like steps in the middle of the weak front porch and falls in. Yikes. <laughs> he creates a hole in the porch and is stuck. Luckily uninjured. Yay. Gina says, oh, I'll call the fire department to help get you out. And Ford's like, no, don't <laughs> you dare call them because my whole family is in the fire department. And I don't want them to see me like this. <laughs> and gina's like well as long as i have you captive you might as well tell me why you're here <laughs> tell me everything he tells her he got suspended from work for punching an officer who outranked him but he doesn't tell her why he punched this officer and then she helps him out of the hole and they go out for cannoli they start getting a little domestic at this point like over the course of the suspension week ford gets to distance himself from his job and this conflict of interest he has with Gina being part of the Luca family and him liking Gina or being into Gina. At one point, they're at the grocery store. They run into Gina's brother, Paul, and Paul is still suspicious of Ford. <laughs> 
but he's suspicious of Ford because he's protective of his little sister. He's like, you better not do her wrong. I'm sure he has some vibes. Something just doesn't add up to him. Or maybe the tension, maybe he's sensing tension. I have a feeling that Ford is just a big old ball of tension. Yeah, that was the impression I got. He has this huge secret that he's keeping from Gina that he wants to tell her, but doesn't know how or if he should. I don't know. It's just bad. Gina's like, well, when are we going to have a bowling night? And Paul's like, oh, well, let me talk to Rocco and we should be able to have one soon and you can bring your boyfriend. He also is kind of cryptic and he says that he and Rocco might be ready to, quote, follow in her footsteps soon. Gina isn't really sure what he means and she kind of jokes around, oh, you're going to go into wedding planning too or whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> But I took it to mean that Gina isn't a criminal and they're planning to no longer be criminals. And now it's bullying night. I guess this is a thing Gina regularly does with her brothers. This time she's brought Ford with her and Ford is struggling because he's good at bullying and everybody that he's with at bullying night sucks at bullying. And so he's trying really hard to also suck at bullying so that he doesn't get on anyone's bad side. (laughs) Almost appear mediocre. It's really funny because... (laughs) At one point, he's talking to the brothers (laughs) and they're talking, you know, they're talking about how they're protective of Gina and that's why they pretend they suck at bullying, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Ford is like, oh, thank God it's not just me. (laughs) And then later, Gina says something to Ford like, yeah, I know that they are good at bullying. They belong to a bullying league. They just do that, (laughs) you know? And I play along because we're family. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like this open secret, this little game they play with each other or something. What did you think about that? (laughs) I thought it was funny. I kind of wondered at how concerned Ford was of being better at bullying than Mm, the brothers. mm -hmm. I felt like that was a little... It definitely wasn't a macho moment, you know? Like, I'm going to show him up to prove something. Yeah, no, it was more like, I don't want to start anything (laughs) with these guys. Which I appreciate that aspect of it, for sure. But I was also like, I think you're just thinking too much about it, bud. Just bull, man. Just bull. But I thought it was cute, the whole brothers and Gina thing. I... I think it's kind of silly, but I think that families do tend to have like silly little things that they do for each other and it doesn't make sense to anyone else, but it makes sense in the family dynamic. What did you think? Yeah, same. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was funny. Just one of those family concession things. Oh, and while they're bullying, while Gina's bullying, Ford overhears the brothers talking about, oh, Friday night. And he asks them about it. And they're like, oh, that's none of your business, dude. And then Ford gives them this veiled threat and or warning (laughs) about Friday night. Maybe you should go do something else. Instead of whatever it is that's none of my business. (laughs) Now Ford's suspension is over. He's back at work. The captain calls him into his office and accuses him of going rogue since he's been seen out with Gina. And he finds it hard to believe that Ford is dating Gina. And he's deriding Gina's looks and he's like, I don't understand why you're dating someone like that. It's not for you to understand, dude. And then there's this whole thing. Are you fraternizing with an undesirable person since Gina is a Luca? And the captain makes it clear that Ford is putting his career in jeopardy by dating Gina because if she crosses the line and does something criminal, then it's going to come back on him and his career. Mm. Ford is like, fine, that's cool. It's okay. I believe in her. Ford also finds out that 
the Esposito task force is being taken away from Gallo and Ruggiero and given to Evelyn Rodriguez. Meanwhile, the two buttholes have been assigned to White Collar. They're no longer going <laughs> to be his problem. Bye-bye. <laughs> Ford and Gina, I guess, at this point are dating, even though they're not calling it that. Ford has accidentally moved into Gina's house. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a lost puppy. He came home with her and just yeah, hasn't left. kind of. Oh, and there's this cute moment. They keep bringing up cannoli. Gina keeps saying, oh, well, Vichilis is the best cannoli ever. And Ford surprises her with a date to the original location of Vichilis and gets her personal lessons with the chef on how to make their special yeah, that cannoli. That was very sweet. Which is really cute. And we learn Gina is in love with Ford, but she can't seem to believe that Ford is in love with her. Meanwhile, Ford is in love with Gina, but in denial about it. Yeah. Ford wants to tell her everything. He wants to come clean, but he's also worried about her hating him because he lied and started this whole thing under false pretenses. One morning, he notices a closed box on Gina's kitchen counter. And Gina says, oh, yeah, my brother dropped it off. They told me no peeking. And Ford's like, well, that's kind of weird, isn't it? And Gina's like, no, not really. They do that a lot. Usually it's like a surprise gift for somebody in the family or whatever. And Ford's like, um, okay, suspicious box, <laughs> but okay. And Gina says, they don't bring their work mm. to my house, implying they don't pull me into their criminal activity. And Ford just isn't so sure about that. He trusts Gina. But I don't think he trusts the brothers. No, he doesn't trust them. Later, they get drinks at the cop bar and Gina is in the restroom and she overhears some women talking about her looks. They just can't believe that Ford is with mm. that woman because Gina's a hideous troll with a giant nose. It brings up all these old hurts in Gina's mind and she starts doubting this, this relationship that she has with Ford and just feeling like there's no way this could possibly go anywhere. She's really upset. She goes out of the restroom, finds Ford, tells him, I plan to go home by myself. As she's getting ready to leave, he stops her and he's like, what happened? What happened? And she doesn't tell him about the nasty ladies in the bathroom. She just tells him, well, I got a reminder that what we have can't last. And she brings up the whole, you're a cop. I'm related to criminals. It just can never work. But it's also, you're hot and I'm not. It can never work. He kisses her and he says, when I look at you, I don't see a beautiful woman. I see you. And that's better than any fucking Aww. beauty queen. They make out in the beer garden behind the bar and then they have sex. In the beer garden behind the bar. <laughs> yeah. So Ford is full on rule breaking now, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Indecent exposure, fraternizing with undesirables. <laughs> <laughs> the rule book has been thrown out. Basically. There's another family dinner at the Hardigan household. Gina is again there with Ford. And Ford's sister Fallon has also brought someone that she's dating who happens to be a cop named Kyle. Gina is chatting with some of Ford's family members. Then she realizes, you know what? I kind of feel like I want a quickie. And she goes out looking for Ford and she finds him in another room chatting with Kyle. And oh. she overhears Kyle talking about how Ford was shadowing her for intel and how it must have been such a terrible assignment because Gina's hideous. <gasps> Gina realizes, 
Oh, it was all too good to be true. I knew it. Betrayal. Humiliation. Someone used me. Which, I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah. I liked this part because she doesn't just run away. She comes into the room where they are and she's like, yeah, I heard you. <laughs> you're not you're not getting out of this i'm making you feel uncomfortable there you go enjoy <laughs> and then she leaves ford doesn't know what to do because he doesn't know how to talk to her there's not a rule book for saying you're sorry for lying to somebody apparently he's telling his family like his whole family this story because they're like why did gina fuck off i don't under like what happened she looked really upset <laughs> what's wrong ford and Ford's like, yeah, it was me. I fucked up. I lied to her. And then she found out. And his whole family is like, well, why didn't you fucking tell her the truth? I don't understand. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but Ford doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Even though his whole family's like holding up a blinking sign. Apologize to the woman. It's too much. <laughs> or it's too intimidating. Uh, yeah, I think it's that one. I think he's being a coward. Maybe. At work the next day, the captain and the Esposito task force discuss the boxes that Gina's brothers have apparently been dropping off everywhere uh -huh. and how they know at least one got dropped off at Gina's house. Uh -huh. And they're talking about this box and, oh, Ford, can you figure out what's in the box? Ford's like, well, that in I had isn't really there anymore. It's more of an out at this point <laughs> and then they're like well we'll go sign someone else and ford starts getting worried about that because what if there's something horrible in that box like drugs and gina gets implicated in her brother's crimes and oh my god he just can't handle the fact that gina might be put in trouble and he just can't trust gina enough to trust her brothers too he convinces the captain no it's fine I'll figure out how to get into the house and figure out what's in that box. His plan <laughs> is that he's going to go and be able to protect Gina this way. He's, I think he's pretty sure there's something shady oh, yeah. in that box. Oh, yeah. I think he's 100% convinced there is. <laughs> Ford shows up at Gina's house and apologizes. She lets him in. She's like, hey, I got a box of your stuff that you left here. I'll go get it for you. And while she's out of the room, mm -hmm. he starts going through that box on the counter. She comes downstairs and catches him in the act. And this is the moment where she tells him about how she got the nickname Butterface in high school. She had always gotten teased for her looks, but there was this one boy who didn't really make fun of her and he seemed nice. She ended up making out with him or something. But he had lured her, like, to have this scene by everybody, like, her take off her shirt and everything. Other kids saw, and, like, the boy said something really cruel, like, she's a butterface, but that doesn't mean she doesn't have a hot body or something horrible like that. And it was just, oh. What did you think about that reason? Oh, the butterface thing? Well, yeah, like, the reveal of the nice guy, like, the guy that she thought was nice. and Well, it certainly explains why Gina's so suspicious all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was really, 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 really in-your-face cruel. And I'm not denying that this is something that could possibly happen, but I want to believe it couldn't. That's understandable. Because <laughs> it's that horrible, man, and... I kind of feel like the line there is how he gathered a crowd of other students to watch this whole thing go yeah. down. 
Whereas I think I would have found it more believable if he had done the whole makeout and managed to video it or get a picture of her or just gossip about mm -hmm. it or something. I think that would have made more sense to me as far as realism goes. But it does really bring home that insecurity that Gina has internalized. Yeah, it does. What did, what did you think about it? I didn't so much fall into the category of like, oh, oh, I wish that wasn't true. I just, I guess I more focused on that seems reasonable to me. Because sometimes, you know, there's the, <laughs> no, there's like the traumatic thing that happens to a character. And then sometimes when the trauma is revealed, you're like, oh, either that feels insufficient. Yeah, that's true. This is definitely yeah, traumatic. Or I don't understand why <laughs> that character is applying that trauma to this other person. But this completely made sense to me. It, yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, it felt satisfying. Like, yes, this this makes sense to me. It was a good reveal, that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree that if the reveal resonated. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Gina says, that used to be the worst day of my life, <laughs> but this day is actually worse than you that day. You buddy. You just betrayed my trust just now. Yeah. I hoped you were different. And it turns out you're not. And then she says, so what's in this box? <laughs> oh, it's just full of mementos. How incriminating. <laughs> she just pulls out items from the box and she's all, oh, yes, it's this memento that brings up this memory. And it's this memento that brings up this memory. Surely you can get some information about your case from this. And then she starts getting upset and she asks him if there's a letter in the box. And there mm. is. And it's a letter from her brothers. And her brothers say that now that they know Gina will be okay without them there to protect her, they're going to leave town and start over. The whole reason they stayed was to protect her. Now that she's with Ford, they know she'll be yeah. okay. Sweet but irritating. Also a little patronizing. Yeah. Well, you have an owner now, so we can go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, uh. Ford just keeps saying, I was just trying to help. I was trying to protect you. Gina's Thanks, pissed. I felt protected. Get the hurt. fuck out of my house. I'm just upset. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, you came to see what's in yep. the box, buddy. It's a middle and finger. And guess where it's pointing? She wanted him to come back because he loved her, yeah. not because of suspicious boxes later gina has some time with her friends where she's commiserating and venting and she talks about how she wants someone who loves her just the way she is ford is out with his brother and he's getting some advice from frankie and i think they end up fighting <laughs> physically fighting and then frankie says something like yeah you know instead of trying to beat me up you should go be begging gina for another <laughs> chance what is wrong with you ford is like you're right hmm. he learns from his sister fallon that gina is working at another wedding at the hotel where they first met and he heads over there and he happens to find her but then he doesn't approach and he decides words won't be enough for this i have to show her when gina gets home she finds ford fixing the step on her front porch and she's all, what the fuck are you doing? And he's all, I had to fix this. And she's all, you had to fix my 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 porch. And he's all, no, I had to <laughs> fix us. And then they both fall into the middle of the porch and get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Ford has his phone in his pocket. Gina's able to get it out. And he tells her to call the fire department to come rescue them, which is starkly different <laughs> from the first time he fell on the porch. 
Although I can totally understand why he didn't want his family to be called because they are freaking FaceTiming his mother <laughs> so that everyone in the family can see this predicament. <laughs> I just feel like at that point, he's like, the humiliation cannot possibly get any worse. Just send them in. Let's just Seriously. fucking rip the bandaid off now. Maybe it'll take some hair with it. It'll be great. <laughs> uh. Ford tells Gina that he loves her, and that's why he looked in the box. He was planning to protect her no matter what was in it. He reveals that if it had been something shady in the box, then he would have gone on the lamb with her to protect her from the law. <laughs> they share I love yous, and there's kissing, and they're still stuck in the porch, and then Ford's family finally rescues them. Or no, no, no. <laughs> no, I think he proposes while they're stuck in the porch. Ford's family arrives and starts... FaceTiming <laughs> this predicament. As one does. Ford proposes to Gina. Gina accepts. And then the family <laughs> rescues them. <laughs> and then we get a final chapter that's five years later. They're together and they're married. And they have a young daughter who inherited Gina's nose. Gina's happy that the daughter inherited her nose. So, yay. yay. The end. There were a couple tropes in this story. Uh, one of them was fake relationship. And I also felt like there was another one that was kind of like forced proximity because the whole reason he's in her house is because of the job, mm -hmm. I guess. He has to do the job. You know, it's just kind of a different take on forced proximity. Oh. It's not like they're stuck in the wilderness together or whatever. Okay. It's more like society has said that you have to do this job. I, I don't know. I also had some notes about power distribution. Uh, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like... <laughs> The idea of power distribution as it pertains to physical attractiveness, like, would you say hot versus not that there might be a power imbalance? I kind of was thinking about it, like, maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. Definitely where society is concerned. Yeah. And their relationship. I mean, I know it caused confusion because, of course, Ford doesn't, well, not until the reveal or whatever, doesn't understand what Gina has been through. Right. But it does seem to often happen where male characters have no idea what female characters have been through. I find you attractive, so, but you do realize... That if society thinks otherwise, they tend to give shit. Like, it just mm -hmm. seems incomprehensible, which gets a little, like... No, you're uh -huh. bringing up the whole the whole issue with the yeah. male gaze, right? Because according to the hero, my gaze is the only yeah. one that matters. And you should believe and trust in what I yeah. think. And find yourself worth in what I yeah. think. Whether or not that is explicitly said or implied that tends to be a thing and you're also correct that it's not just the hero's gaze it's everyone's gaze that the heroine yeah. has to contend with and so it makes sense that she feels so insecure because it's it's basically she steps out of her house and it's like who's gonna give me shit today oh yeah everyone yeah well in this <laughs> book definitely <laughs> Gosh, I hope nobody's life is like that. Seriously. But definitely where 
where Gina is concerned. I mean, that that's her headspace. I do see your point where it is, I guess I kind of forgot or blocked out like how many times it is brought up in the story that these other people find her physically unattractive. I guess I would have preferred where it was more, maybe the reader gets the impression that other people don't. I don't know if this is what you're saying, but I think it needed to be more subtle. In some cases, yeah. Instead of literally everyone saying, oh my goodness, she's hideous. How could you possibly be with someone so hideous? Some people could be like that, like the mean girls in the restroom, for example. That kind of made sense. You know, they're at a bar, they're being catty. But the co-workers, that was just crazy. Like maybe one of them, but all of them? I don't know if it was so much the co-workers that it just seemed like there were so many instances where I wish some of them were maybe not so much the direct asshole, but the subtle asshole. You know, like the backhanded compliment type of deal or more in that realm and and also like maybe ford needs exposure to that too i think so i wish he had heard the mean girls he's pissed about the the Mm -hmm. asshole co-workers of course but you get the impression his co-workers are assholes all the time not just in regards yes, to yes, they have a Gina's whole list looks. of assholey traits. Yeah, so I think he's a little desensitized or uh, desensitized. Yeah. yeah, because he's upset by it and he acts out due to his feelings and everything, but he doesn't understand how pervasive it is for Gina. And Gina isn't hearing the coworkers. He doesn't understand what yeah. Gina hears. It's different when it's behind someone's back yeah. than to their face. Like that can be worse, I think, sometimes than the in-your-face asshole. I, I would have liked to hear someone saying something like, oh, that brings attention to your mouth. That's so nice. Yeah. Or, oh, that dress draws attention away from your face or something like that, where it's like backhanded. <laughs> Maybe even not as direct, but just like saying, oh, that directs attention away from the problem area. Because then it almost, it's like, well, I think I know what they're talking, do I know what they think the problem, like, then maybe this <laughs> changes the, the story yeah. too much towards not, it can't be as lighthearted as perhaps is wanted. Bringing the conversation back to the power dynamic. I, I agree with your take, but I also want to bring up the idea that if one person in a couple cares more than the other person or is invested more than the other person, then that can cause a power dynamic in the relationship. And the potential that Gina, since she's so insecure about her look, she could perceive that Ford, who's conventionally, quote, hot, has all these options out there, whereas she just yeah. has Ford. And that could potentially bring up a oh, power imbalance yeah. as well. So there's a, there's a couple sides. I've got to do this. I've got to agree with this. Like almost like a desperation. Because if not, then he'll leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not in character for no. her at all. She doesn't act like that at all. But I could yep. see the potential there for uh, hot versus not. And caring. for maybe long term. Yeah. I also wanted to bring up a potential other power distribution issue where he's a cop. She's related to criminals. I mean, it's barely a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's barely a thing in this story, but it's something that had potential. I yeah. Think. And I don't know how much it would have changed the story, but since Gina is so straight laced. Yeah, I guess that was one of the more frustrating aspects of the story for me. Not so much the cop versus and criminal thing. It's more, are they really part of the mob? It's not, I guess it was not mobbish enough for me. I guess, I guess that's, I guess you needed that's more the mob. Because I'm like, okay, but 
like what yeah he's looking for it's like her brothers her brothers are so cryptic about everything we don't get very much about it because gina's so far removed from it and ford never finds anything out about it i'm just like (laughs) what and then it turns out that her brothers are on their way out anyway yeah like i guess they're not on the more violent side of that mob family clan whatever the term is the brothers were hmm. loan sharks but they were kind of like bad at being so loan they're sharks. inept criminals <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not really sure that makes it better but it it completely <laughs> explains like his obsession with the box because it's like okay here's something actually possibly criminal i mean apart from the dead grandfather <laughs> And then, of course, it was sweet things, and it wasn't. And then I'm just going, okay, why have the criminal thing in the story at all? <laughs> to add that extra pinch of conflict, forbidden I love. Don't fall that forbidden. <laughs> I guess it just. I guess that part just didn't work for me. I mean, I, I loved her brothers. I loved the dynamic between her and her brothers. But I, I guess okay, I need more crime or something. <laughs> <laughs> more external conflict please thank you where's the danger there's no danger so why is there <laughs> why why the criminal thing then <laughs> the esposito family is dangerous as they, as they were they were never really a threat <laughs> it was so ford had a reason to move into gina's house could have been another reason that was the only only possible reason okay <laughs> How is the audiobook this time? The book was narrated by Brian Polino and Savannah Peachwood. And I really liked their balance, the balance of their performances. Nice. I really enjoyed it. I think they actually narrate the rest of the series. Yeah, I really, I really liked their chemistry. Good. All right. Are you happy for their happy M? Oh, you're going to hate this. <laughs> oh, good. It's another non-answer, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Basically, I'm not unhappy for them. <laughs> Ah! I'm sorry. It's what I wrote. I stand by it. I think you know it was okay. I was okay, happy. Like I wasn't unhappy for them. It was neutral. Like I, I, I didn't think no, they shouldn't be together or anything like that. I felt indifferent for their happy. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, it was, I was. Happy, happy for, enough. What about you? Were you happy for them? Uh, for me, it's another one of those provisional happies. Yeah, I could see that. Like, it's one of those things where, okay, and now they're in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> we do We do get a lot of couple time and they grow together and get to know each other and all that, all that good stuff that I like in a romance. But it's not technically as a couple do you think that's because of the the fake relationship aspect going on so long or something else um, what do you i think it's because his to? lie was revealed so late mm. in the story and then his apology happened at the very very end like they didn't okay. share i love yous until the apology and then he proposes directly after yeah they say i love you for the very first time and then he proposes it was really fast i'm not saying it can't work but it's one of those where yeah they're gonna have to work on their relationship but i could see them being happy and 
I like them together. I think they had really good chemistry. I do too. I felt they did have chemistry. Maybe that's why I wasn't happy. It's because I felt like they went from I love you to I do. Yeah, it was really fast. I think if it ended on I love you without the proposal and then we jump forward five years and they're married, I would have been more satisfied. I think it was just really fast. Like you're stuck in a porch and you're going to propose. Really? Like really? Yeah. Really, dude? Well, she she was stuck too. So, you know, captive audience. Ah, and it's like she hadn't even had a chance to process everything that had happened yet before he's proposing. Yeah. It's just bizarre. Don't think. Just like, say yes. <laughs> it's going to be great. It'll be fine. On that note, <laughs> let's rate them. How do you rate Gina? I don't know if I still feel this way after our discussion, but I rated her as almost awesome. There were a lot of ways in which her strength manifested. I I don't quite know why the almost, why she wasn't fully awesome to me. I know that's unsatisfying. I'm sorry. I didn't put more in my notes. I should have. Bad, bad M. That's 50 lashes with the wet noodle for you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? I rated her awesome, but with a provisionally awesome sort of proviso thingy. I liked her focus on Mm self-empowerment. I'm going to be happy with me. I don't need anyone else to be happy. And she's trying really hard to live that truth and live her life and be empowered. And she's found friends that have the same sort of focus, which is great. And she doesn't want to get a nose job or anything. She wants somebody, like if she finds somebody, she wants somebody who loves her the way she is, which is great. I was here for it. And I really felt for her with the trauma, you know, that she's internalized about being bullied for her looks and the fact that she's managed to, for the most part, rise above it and even confront when necessary. Like when she overhears Ford and Kyle talking about how it was just a job, she comes out and confronts, but she doesn't have to confront because she doesn't confront the mean girls in the bathroom. Well, maybe because they didn't matter because it's not. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. And I like that about her. I think she has a little bit of work still to do, but she did do a lot of work in the story on the whole Mm self-love front. I do feel a little concerned about that potential dynamic in the relationship between this perceived looks mismatch deal. Not that I think, you know, people have to be equal levels of hot to be together. Not at all. Hotness is a social construct anyways, Mm -hmm. I think. But that doesn't make it unreal. The way she feels is still just as real. And Ford never really fully understands her position and so it yeah. does it does make me a little worried and that kind of puts her awesomeness in a precarious position for me. It's difficult to do a, or seems to be difficult to do a story where the quote unquote not hot girl gets the quote unquote hot guy. It seems to be in societies that we impress upon girls, be kind, don't judge a book by its cover. But I don't know if boys are getting that same message. And that's an interesting thought. I know in the book, Ford feels that way, mm-hmm. for sure. He feels like as a cop, he's he's supposed to look beyond the surface. And he's frustrated when his co-workers yeah, don't. Yeah, because that's how he learns of, of Gina's awesomeness. At the beginning of the story, he says to his co-workers, oh, she's not that bad. And he's into her, but it's not about her physical appearance at that point 
It's about the fact that she surprised him and he felt like this chemistry with her and everything. It was, it was physical, but not like her appearance necessarily. There's another point later on where he thinks to himself that she's the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. As he grows to love her, he grows to think that she's beautiful. And I think that that is something that happens. I think not only that, but I think that when you love someone, even if they start out being beautiful and that fades, you still love them and you still think they're mm -hmm. beautiful. People's behaviors influence how we perceive them and attractiveness is perception too. I'm a little worried about how Gina feels about herself still and how that may impact her relationship with Ford and how she continues to perceive herself in the future. Yeah, I wonder if in the early moment where he tells his coworkers, oh, she's not that bad, I wonder if he had phrased it as a judge a book by its cover, kindness, or something like that, if that would have... Of course, they were assholes, so it may not have mattered. It kind of <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way that he said, oh, she's not that bad, instead of like, shut the fuck up, you asshole. Yeah. See, I guess the thing is, is if they're assholes to everybody, are they really assholes to anybody? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe that doesn't work. I don't know. I think, too, there's the whole thing, like, he probably felt like if he made much of it, then it would just get worse. Yeah. So he's probably trying to downplay it. But speaking of Ford and his motives and what he was doing, how do you rate him? I labeled him as awkward. There were just too many little instances where it was just like, yeah, it just didn't quite feel right. And maybe maybe that's because he wanted to be an action hero, but he was not put in an action hero <laughs> story. No, he's a much more cerebral story. action-y <laughs> story. Or different kinds of action, I should say, because action did happen. But yeah, maybe that's what it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because there was that, I mean, we just talked about it, but that was just not that bad. And then just other little things that it was just mm, him not getting it. But I mean, how much do we get other people's lives anyway? So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm asking too much. How much can we expect him to get without having experience? Yeah. It, you know? And, and he's not allowed to experience because the story doesn't let him some other things that may have given him a more fleshed out eureka moment. I wanted to rate Ford as awesome, but I ended up rating him awkward. I wanted to rate him as awesome because he was not toxic masculinity man no which was nice you brought up protector man role but i like protector <laughs> man i guess i would have felt more okay with protector man if it felt like there was an actual threat i like the idea that he feels protective of her even if there is no threat you know he cares about her feelings he cares about her well-being it doesn't have to be like dramatic protector man it can be subtle caring protector man doesn't necessarily have to be protective or maybe nurturing why not both yeah why not <laughs> and it's not that she couldn't be protector woman i mean that's fine too i'm okay with that but i like protector man i'm okay with it um but the reason i rated him awkward was because of his emotional mm. stuntedness mm -hmm. It really got to me that when he messed up and he realized he messed up, he was like, but I don't know what to do. And the author's reason of him always being a rule follower and not knowing the rules for this and therefore not knowing what to do, it just didn't work for me. Yeah. I didn't believe it, especially because he has his whole family surrounding him like, you fucked up, buddy. Go apologize. <laughs> yeah he has a big sign <laughs> and i mean his family is is rough and tumble and everything but they're a loving caring family you get the impression that he didn't learn his emotional stuntedness from them maybe it, maybe it was baked in 
<laughs> just bit, yeah, it's innate. Yeah. It's one of his innate characteristics. But it, it got to me. And there were a couple parts where he didn't know how to tell her whatever. Wiki how? No. He could have said he loved her a whole lot sooner. I mean, Gina still wouldn't have believed him, but he could have said it. I should be so stunted. Maybe he couldn't have. Yeah, it was just, it was awkward. He's a good guy, but he's not an emotionally mature guy. That's fair. How do you feel about the antagonists slash villains in this story? I wrote, shallow assholes, effective. (laughs) But there were a lot of them. Because, I mean, I guess, yeah, maybe not as villain, but as antagonist, I mean, some of it was Gina's headspace at times. Sometimes yeah. it was Ford, but there was no criminal villainy. And I was kind of hoping there would be. I was like, oh, so then the crime family's going to not do anything. Okay. That was a that was a way to make that go. Okay, I think that's I think that was the thing. Especially, I'm like, okay, so the brothers are a threat to the family. So then, of course, they're going to go after their sister because she's the pressure point. Yeah. And that just no, nope. you know, he got he got very worked up over a box. Yep. <laughs> I just yeah. So what about you? <laughs> On my list, I put the Esposito family was not effective because they weren't there. I put Ford's co-workers as effective. I hated them <laughs> like a lot. They were terrible human beings, but they weren't like amazing because they were just so evil, like over the top evil. Again, I'm living in my idealistic little Erica land. Maybe it's not over the top, but to me it is. Fair enough. And then in the notes I put every character in this book who is not a friend or family member of Gina's or Ford's. Basically. Yeah. I rate them as awkward because why? Why is everyone in this book so fucking cruel? In such a blatant way, it is messed up and weird. No filter? <laughs> yeah. So how did, how did you rate the book? I gave the book a 3.5. What about you? I rated it a 4. Yeah, That was funny. Yeah, there were times where it was quite funny. Um, in spite of the weird, obnoxious cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was their chemistry that I especially appreciated. Yeah. Even when all the other characters are just kind of weird and like, what? Like, really? I mean, this book was a romantic comedy, too. So often I find in romantic comedy books, there are a lot of off-the-wall hijinksy type things, and maybe I can categorize those characters in that sort of area. Even though it's not friendly, it's still hyperbolic. I was going to say extreme, but yeah, it's a better word for it. So four stars. Woohoo! Well, did you feel romance? I was starting to. Like I said, I like their chemistry. I like the couple time. I think that end, though, mm. just kind of did one of those putting on the brakes record scratch sounds for me. Like, what? Yeah, it didn't quite <laughs> stick the landing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. You're proposing? Are you sure? <laughs> Is this how you intend to fix all of your future mistakes? Because we're only getting married <laughs> once. <laughs> <laughs> What about you? Did you feel romanced? No. Didn't emotionally connect. Dun, dun, didn't, dun. Didn't, I thought they had good chemistry. I just didn't didn't quite resonate or something. What else have you been reading, Em? <laughs> 
So I continued with the Hardigan series and listened to Muffin Top and Tomboy. The first book is Lucy and Frankie, and there is a fake relationship, high school reunion stuff. I actually really like that one. And then there was Tomboy that had Fallon, who is, oh god, what's his name? Ford's sister. Frankie, of course, being Ford's brother. And I really like Fallon. (laughs) So I know you mentioned to me that you were planning on reading them. I am. I completely think that you should. And we will discuss because there are things I'd like to talk about. I actually liked those books more than Butterface. I think especially with Lucy and Frankie, their chemistry was really good. I liked the family dynamics that were explored and Lucy's journey. I think along similar lines with Lucy and Frankie, I really did like the dynamic of Fallon and Zach. Don't they have more of a public relationship? Like a fake relationship slash public relationship? Yeah, it is. Like she gets quote unquote labeled as his his new love in his life. And it was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> and people have opinions about her. Can I ask, did you feel romanced by either of those books? <laughs> I don't think Ugh. I did. Oh my god. I think I was close. I'm sorry I asked. All right. <laughs> I don't I mean if I did I forgot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't I don't think I did. <laughs> That's not better. Sorry. <laughs> the truth is often not better. It's just the truth. The truth hurts. Uh for me, I'm recommending Saved by VK Ludwig. It's the fourth book in the Garrison Earth series. The first book is called Captured, and I would recommend starting with the first book so that you get a lot of the backstory. Mm. It's one of those series where the world building builds within each book. Yeah. But in this series, Earth has entered into, like, they entered into some sort of agreement with the Vitusians, who are a dying race of aliens because they have no women. Of course. And in exchange for protecting Earth from these other aliens who are supposedly evil, the Vitusians are supposed to get female volunteers from bad situations to come and see if they're compatible with any of their dudes, which Earth does not follow up on. And therefore, the premise of the series is that the Vitusians are now fed up They're worried about protecting their empire. And so they invade Earth and take over and implement Earth as basically an extension of their society. There is the whole fated mates trope. There's this genetic, quote, Gaia link that couples have where you only connect that way with one person. And when you do, it's just magical. (laughs) These books are dark. They're gritty. They have... There are a lot of dark themes like sex trafficking, drug abuse, and then you even, as the story progresses, learn more about the backstory of why the Vitusians invaded Earth to begin with, and you start to wonder who's actually good and who's actually not good. So that's kind of interesting in the story. But the reason, the reason I am recommending Saved is because... I freaking loved that story. (laughs) It is especially dark because the hero in the story is a Vitusian medic who is living on an outlaw planet. And he is a medic to sex slaves that work in a brothel. Mm -hmm. This particular brothel has a human woman there, which is just 
super unique and exotic at this oh, point. Okay. Everyone wants a piece of her, and she is really fucked up over that. Well, that makes sense. She has a lot of baggage. He also has a lot of baggage because he is dealing with drug addiction. At the beginning of the story, he does not believe that he has an addiction. Mm. He believes he needs this drug to help him with some sort of injury he sustained. And over the course of the story, you start to wonder, hmm, does he actually need this drug? Mm. That was a very interesting part of it. Obviously, content warning, if you have issues with sex trafficking, non-consent, addiction, (laughs) all of those things. (laughs) But they form a connection because he helps her when she's injured she's looking to escape and she reaches out to him to help her hide the money that she's getting from clients that she's not supposed to get she plans to use this money to buy her way off the boat he wants to be her hero it's a good story (laughs) but it's dark there's an audiobook. <gasps> I know. I was looking it up while you were talking. <laughs> yeah. This, I was listening so, to it. But yeah, yeah, I was looking that up yeah, too. Yeah. So for you, Em, I would say it is definitely, definitely dark. Okay. I would say you definitely want to listen to all of them okay. to get the full picture because the world building is so interesting. Okay. The romance stories are great because the female characters are all really strong and resilient and badass in their own nice. ways. Each story is very different. Oh, cool. What do you mean by different? So like the first story takes place at the point where they're being invaded by the okay. Vatusians. The first couple is the captain of the Vatusians and his fated mate who does not want to be with him. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> The second story involves a woman who supposedly has two mates, which is unheard of. And one of them is a recovering addict. Mm. And so obviously he gets short shrift and she gets paired with the other one. But you learn that there might be something shady going Mm. on. So each story has like kind of a different bent. No, that sounds interesting. I will add it to my list. Oh yep. God, my yes. Yeah. yeah, and the and the effect of the alien society on Earth is not like, oh, we brought Utopia. Although it kind of seems like that mm. initially, mm-hmm. but as the series goes on, you're just kind of like, is it though? Less Utopia, maybe another kind of Topia. <laughs> Some kind of Topia. <laughs> and then when you get to book five, you're just like, holy shit. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it for this time. Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com, for show notes, other episodes, and our upcoming reads. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google, Amazon, or Spotify. And come find us on Twitter at RomanceMeCast. Speaking of Twitter, were you romanced by Gina and Ford's story? Let us know what you think. And of course, join us next time when we discuss Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Bye! Bye! It'll be interesting reading a for us historical, yeah. but for the author, right, right, so that'll be an interesting take. Okay.